It's Ify Chooks Adizwe and you are listening to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. So here is the real mystery. How do working women like us, who know deep down that we are made for more, we desire to make God proud but always end the day with no time or energy for ourselves, talk more of betting the more in us? How do we know this more? How do we profitably bet our dreams, our callings and our passions without breaking down, without losing our sanity, our homes or our jobs, at least for now? That is the glaring question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Ifi Chuksadizwe, and you are welcome to the Uncommon Woman Podcast. Hello, everyone. You're welcome to this week's episode of the Uncommon Woman Podcast. I have with me today Oluwa Tui Pudikom. I like your surname, Pudikom. Thank you. I'm married into it, but uh, I like it too. (laughs) (laughs) I really love it. So, we have Oluwatoyin Kudikom. She is a HR professional. um, And of course, first of all, she's an uncommon woman. She's a career woman that is thriving in her career and then she's betting her more and thriving in her purpose. She's a HR professional. She's the founder of Toyin Talks Talent, where she talks everything talent. to all kinds of people as long as you're interested in talent and growing in your career she's a you know she's a speaker she's a career coach i don't want to spill the beans so please Tony, welcome 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 we're super excited to have you thank you i'm so excited to be here i'm looking forward to the podcast same here same here same here so please could you just tell us more about yourself i know i did like the highlights which you know, just doesn't tell as much as what I know about you. So please tell us about yourself, everything about you, all the different sites. Ah, everything. Well, that would be longer than this podcast probably has room for. And uh, sounds okay. like one of those interview questions that we always start the interview with, or tell us about yourself. And exactly. uh, I find myself in the, in the shoes of those interviewees right now, but I'll try to make it as um, brief but rich as I can. So... Of course, as like, I am an HR professional, like you mentioned, but I wasn't always an HR professional. Uh, after I graduated from the university and served my nation, I um, started off my career as cabin crew with an airline. Um, and it was a job, I have to say, really suited me to a T. It sort of touched every aspect of my personality. I tend to be reserved, what some people call an introvert. So, uh, I, I tend to be very focused, you know, on detail and doing a great job. So that the finesse associated with the role and then the serious aspect that has to do with, you know, safety of the people on the aircraft appealed to also my sense of, um, you know, wanting to help people. and stuff. So it, it seemed like the perfect job. And I thought, okay, you know what, this is what I wanted to do. But at some point, um, well, partially because the, the airline sort of pulled it up and then Partially because I started sensing that there was more to me than this. Um, mm-hmm. I left that line of work and um, got into the consulting space. That was where I had the first taste of HR. And, and HR was introduced to me through recruitment projects. I was asked to handle. Mm. I'd never done it before. I didn't quite know how to go about it. But somehow, instinctively, I did have some guidance. I can't say I did it all on my own. And I did have a team that supported me. But in terms of directing the project, I sort sort of knew what to do. Somehow I knew what the next step was. And I was able to, were able to do that project very successfully, brought in good income for the company. In fact, that was the single, I think that was the the, the, the single highest amount of money that came to the consulting firm that particular mm. year. Wow. Uh, and um, from a project, you know, something I'd never really done before. So consequent to that, I was asked to, you know, sort of like handle the recruitment debt. So I had a, a there was a different um, income stream for the consulting firm. So I had I managed that debt, was able to do a couple more recruitment projects before I left um, consulting to, mm-hmm. to join a, a, a fully fledged HR department, so to speak. Um, and it's just been there, we've been going that way since then. Of course, you know, I also do um, showing talks talent. Which is yeah. another long story, which I have an opinion you're going to ask uh, me about later. But it's, uh, it started as an outreach to young professionals to sort okay. of guide them and navigate them through uh, the beginning of their career and how to maybe fit themselves in the right places. Mm-hmm. The things they didn't know, like, you know, you have to put a CV together, how to ask 
what do they expect from you as in an organization, how the, in the dynamics of an organization, things like that. So it started off as a C-suite network. So from there, you know, we've now started going into facilitating training and career coaching, this uh, a paid career coaching, and that crystallized into T3 talent management services. But now we're also doing an NGO where we do outreaches mainly to students to help them sort of um, arrest uh, that bad decision making in, in, in their choices of career before they actually have to make those decisions. Uh, mm. We know that there are there are, there are uh, some well things in their path. I won't say they're insurmountable, but there's a lot of societal pressure. And in society like ours, that you know, people are driven to survive. If they think education is uh, an escape route, um, mm -hmm. they're not so fussy about whether or not you enjoy it or you think that's the right career for you. As long as you can get an education, get a good job, and get us, you know, some some income. So, um, T3 uh, Trust, which I call the the outreach arm, is okay. to help uh, young students sort of find their career preferences early and then equip them with skills for what we call the now of work. So I think I should stop there for now. <laughs> okay, so at least now we know you from a career point of view. We know you in terms of like your, I like to call it your purpose work or your impact work that you're doing apart from your full-time job. I know you're also married. And so could you tell us more yeah. about from a personal point of view, like all the additional... <laughs> responsibility of different hats you wear on that side as well you know, so the funny thing is that i try i i, I tend to describe myself first from my career funny enough not because i'm um, it's the most important thing to me but because my husband is actually my biggest cheerleader okay. even before 2012 challenge started he'd been telling me things like oh i think you should do this you can do something in terms of you know a youtube channel you can talk about the things that you know. You can write a write a book, or write articles. You're good at writing. You can do this. Um, this is my husband, though. Yeah. You know, you think that you know he's the one. He was the one encouraging me and telling me, you know, I think you can do all this. So it's now more of a family thing, not just my thing. Okay. All right. Even my children are invested. I do have quite a few, and I have five children. Interesting. Uh, very easy. <laughs> yeah. So. So it's, it's, it's a lot, but, you know, the support from them is so incredible. I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I, grateful I am. My children, you know, they help me uh, set up for my meetings. When I tell them I have an engagement, they say, oh, mommy, is it T3? I say, yes, okay. They'll make sure I'm not disturbed. You know, they, they, they're, very, they're very into it. So I'm married with five children. I've uh, been married for about 16 years now. Um, and... It's, it's been a fantastic journey. Funny enough, I, I, I can say that, you know, I started, when we're talking um, in backstage, I told you that I started off as a medical student. One yes. of the, my takeaways from med school was my husband, because that's where I met him. So my husband's a medical doctor. <laughs> we met while I was studying medicine. So uh, yes. I only, uh, for that, I think it was a good investment of my time. Uh, we met there. So... Uh, it, it, it is a challenge, I, I have to say that. Uh, it, it, it does take some extra energy, some extra push to be consistent mm -hmm. in, you know, bringing out content, creating time for the uh, coaching and counseling sessions. My family is like very supportive, very yeah, understanding. Yeah, Tony, don't worry. I, I, we are going to go into that in full detail. You're not going to gloss over it. You're going to explain to us how, as a mother of five, you are doing this. You're not going to tell okay. us in two sentences. So I'm going to come back to okay. that. Okay, no worries at all. Yes, I was going to ask. Um, so you talked about it. Interestingly, your LinkedIn profile says, I'm a medical student turned HR professional. So how did that change happen? Like, it, it would be good to hear that because there are quite a number of people that, you know, sometimes are in careers or in, or doing something and they feel like, oh, it's too late for me to make a change now. So I know for you, in your case, since you were a student, it might have been early, but I think the principles are still the same. So we'd love to hear that, please. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I, I shared the story a lot because, it, like I said, it was a, the, the pivotal event in my life that... Mm -hmm was the foundation for what I'm doing today. So when I um, got into school to study medicine, uh, like I mentioned, 
I was an all-rounder, so there wasn't any particular thing I think I would say I stood out in. I did tend to do better in English and literature, but um, because I was doing well in sciences as well, somehow it was difficult to see my love for English and literature in the midst of how well I was doing the science subjects. So since I was doing well in science, the obvious choice seemed to be medicine. Because, you know, back in those days, it was that medicine, law, engineering, or accounting. Those were the professional courses. So uh, I accepted to do medicine. I didn't have any other preferences. I wouldn't say I was pressured, but I did know that um, it would please my parents and please my family to know that um, they had a doctor in the family. So I got, I got admitted. I gained admission to school as a medical student. Um, I wouldn't say I set out to change my course. I even had it in mind that if I didn't like this medicine or things weren't working, I was going to change my course. I fully expected to graduate as a doctor. But for my first year, I sort of knew that there was something wrong because the same girl that was doing, like, like I was a superstar in school, almost was on the bottom of the class in the university. So I was, uh, wasn't doing well on my, my subjects. Everything just seemed to be going wrong and I, it didn't make any sense to me. I uh, wanted to change or wanted to do something on a hundred level, but it seemed the better idea. I was advised actually to get into med school proper. So I thought, okay, you know what, that seems good advice. Let me take it. Uh, but bad just became worse. Uh, it was such a misfit. I can't begin to tell you. I felt like they were speaking a language I didn't understand. I mean, it sounded like English. The, the words individually sounded like English. But when you put them together, it became something that made no sense to me. Oh, wow. So I struggled. I struggled uh, my first year, I'm mean, sorry, after my first year, my second year. Then partway through my third year was when we were going to do our MBBS part one exam. And I, you know, I'd fallen ill multiple times. I, you know, stayed up late at night, lost sleep, lost weight. I just felt that I had to pass this exam because I'd suffered so much. Mm. Uh, but then I did the exam and then I failed. Oh, wow. And and, I, and, I, and I'm saying this with every sense of humility. That's the first exam I ever failed in my life. Never that failed an exam before. So it hit me different, right? Because this was a position I'd never been in. It was like all the, uh, you know, esteem bashing, all the mm -hmm. humiliation I felt while I was failing tests and failing projects in my, you know, while the time leading up to the exam just culminated in that failure. Like that failure was my wake up call. I sat down with myself and I asked myself, very hard question. Am I going to do this again? Because I had the opportunity to study, uh, to do the exam again, like to prepare mm -hmm. and to write the exam again. And um, in fact, my whole, my spiritual and body rejected that option so violently. So I had to tentatively step into the side of, okay, what is my option? And that was really scary because I knew that I wasn't going to be the one, only one impacted by whatever decision I made at that point. But somehow the process of going back was scarier than the process of, process of going forward. So I said, okay, let's explore what was possible. So at the time, and I think this was the value of the street, that I had a roommate. She was actually a squatter, believe mm. it or not. So she wasn't actually the person I found to our room. She was squatting one of my roommates. So mm -hmm. she could just as well not have been there. But somehow, I think God organized it such that I, I came into contact with this lady. And she yeah. was an art student who was studying in the faculty of arts. And I said, okay, let me go through your notes and see what it is that you're studying. Funny enough, sciences wasn't something I was inclined to go because it would have been easy for me to go to uh, biochemistry, anatomy, or physiology. It would have been easy for me to go to one of the, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah. I just I just didn't want to do that anymore because I think that it just didn't suit me. So going through her notes, I started seeing things like, you know, Excuse me, reading, writing, you know, things from public speaking, things that had to do with communication. They had subjects, you know, they had uh, courses in the English department, classics, social sciences. Yeah, oh, this sounds more like me because I told you I, I uh, was, I did quite well in English and literature. You know, so I said, okay, let me explore, let me ask questions, let me make inquiries because I was coming from sciences and I needed to know what it would take. Uh, I got connected to one of the lecturers there whose wife was a medical student. And from the first minute I met this man, I believe there was also another divine uh, meeting. He just took me under his wings and put both himself, his reputation on the line for me. 
this is me who I've never met before in his life. I told mm. him my story, told him everything I've gone through, told him I failed the exam, told him I didn't want to go back to medicine because I just thought it wasn't for me. Going back would be like entering into that foreign land again mm. and trying to make sense of the language. And I don't know, like I said, I know it was God because he just agreed to help me. And throughout the whole process, he was there for me. I was so scared, you know, so afraid. I, I didn't know, you know, how people would, I, whether they'd accept me. I thought somebody would come up to me one day and say, you imposter, you're not supposed to be here, you know. But somehow, <laughs> everything worked out. And um, I did, I, I moved over to the new department, which was communication and language arts. My, my colleagues or my new set of colleagues were fantastic. Of course, my former classmates in medicine thought I was crazy. They thought it was the trauma of getting the exam. They didn't know that. Um, ah, they didn't know that me. I was moving from darkness to the light. I was breathing <laughs> air, treading underwater for so long. It was, it was such a contrast for me in the way I felt. I was yeah. excited to go to class. I didn't mind the late night. I didn't mind. I mean, in my first year, I had a twenty course, a twenty twenty course course load. Yeah. That's how it's put. I did eleven courses in my first semester. I did nine courses in my second semester, and. That wasn't even all the courses I had. You know, you have some compulsory courses and you have some mm -hmm. electives. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do everything I wanted because it felt it'd be too many. So I had to split it between my second year and my third year. I didn't care. I did all the stuff and I did it with joy because, you know, when you're reading and you feel like you're playing, you know what I'm trying to say? It, it mm -hmm. came so easily. Such a difference, you know. Uh, you can still hear it in my voice, but I'm sure. As in, you're so it excited. Was so it. it was so different, yeah. And uh, to God's glory, I did very well in my new department, graduated uh, one of the best two students in my class, won an award. Um, oh it was brilliant. Ah, but this is just on the school side. The mm -hmm. home side was something completely different. I don't know if I could get into that there. But just, suffice to say that it wasn't well received at mm. home. So you can imagine those movies where the lead actor, the actor, you know, dancing through the meadows, that you know, the music, you know, it, it's all happy and jolly. And then, Suddenly silence and then darkness on the other side. As in that was the contrast. Home life was not funny at all. Um, mm. My parents were confused and rightly so because I never told them one day that I was finding things difficult. Every time they asked me, I said, "Was okay, it's fine." Everything's you know, fine. I didn't want to. I didn't want to embarrass them or make them disappointed in me. You know, so I, I just kept saying it was fine. So when I told them, I changed. Not that I wanted to change, after the permission, I just told them I had changed again. Like, <laughs> I didn't want to give myself an out. Uh, so, obviously, it was a shock, and you know, I, I don't blame them for the way they reacted. Yeah. So, it took my father longer to come around than it took my mom. Uh, eventually, uh, they made peace with it because whenever they'd ask me a question about this new course or what it would take, I'd have an answer for them. You yeah. know, I think that gave them a bit of assurance that, okay, this is not entirely crazy. And at the very worst, if you messed up, God will help us somehow or the other. <laughs> anyway, so um, I hope this is not taking too long. Anyway, so that's my medical school story. Okay, um, so before you go, because I, I was going to ask you next. So, okay, so you moved to mm -hmm. communication and language arts. How did you move to HR? But before yes. you go there, you know, when you were talking, I remembered something that I actually was supposed to study medicine. My first job was medicine. Um, wow. I was studying sciences. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to disappoint my mom. I was the firstborn, and um, mm. she knew I was going to be a doctor. I think I actually wanted to be a doctor myself because I, I wanted it. But at a point, man, after I wrote, I, I got a one in chemistry because I really wanted to study it. But after a while, I, you know how you sit and think about it, like you really want to do medicine, and you are afraid of blood. And you know, oh, I think wow. one day fall ill. So I wrote the first jam when it was time. I told my mom that before the jam result came out, I told her I wanted to change to economics, and she lost it. Like, how can you change to economics? And for me, then I wanted to work in World Bank. Like, I just wanted to do mm -hmm. exciting things. I just didn't want to be in a hospital. So she insisted, mm -hmm. and she went to jam office herself and changed it to computer science. Because then computer oh, science a thing. And for her, if you won't do medicine, at least do the next closest thing that is science. <laughs> and I got computer science and I refused to go to school. And I stayed at home one more yeah. year. And then I did jump again and I studied economics. And like you said, like it was just, it felt like, you know, like when you're 
doing stuff that just comes naturally to you. It, it was really yeah. exciting. I, yeah. I do get, I do get, you know, your story. So now that takes us to the second part. So now you did communication and language. So how did you land in HR? Okay, well, um, uh, I, well, I'm probably going to repeat what I already said. So I started off uh, having to, like I said, in the airline. Yes, uh, I thought yes. it was communication and language as it is. It's pretty flexible. So it's, okay. it's, it's kind of similar to um, mass comm, though mm-hmm. a little broader. So you're going to do things like marketing, advertising. Um, you, you're going to do things like you know, publishing, your public speaking, proper news broadcasting, radio broadcasting and all. So because it gives you a lot of options, anything that would take you in the line of advertising, marketing, branding, customer service, you'd probably do very well if you were suited to that course. So when the chance to become cabin crew came up, it seemed like a perfect fit for me, um, my personality. So I took up that job, did very well, rose through the ranks pretty quickly. Uh, but, you know, at some point, I knew that, look, I wasn't going to do this forever. I mean, flying to different countries was pretty exciting, meeting different people, learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the training experience was, was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, uh, but I knew I couldn't do it forever. I got married. I wanted to have children. I didn't see myself you know, leaving my children and flying all over the world. So it was not for what to do. But before I could... Um, crystallize our thoughts, the airline started going sideways. And mm. um, it seemed a wise idea to leave at the time. Uh, there's another story behind that. I don't really think i leaving too well. I just needed an escape route. Made a couple mm. of career mistakes, but eventually found myself in the, in the consulting firm where I had my first taste of an HR-related um, area, which was recruitment. Um, I was asked to handle a recruitment project for a client, like I said, did very well, seemed to know what to do, and I enjoyed it so much, I, I thought to myself, well, HR, if HR is going to let me continue doing this thing that I enjoy so much, then I think HR is where I need to go. So I started working on upskilling myself and um, getting myself a professional uh, qualifications in HR. Um, what I did get that um, I had to leave the consulting firm because I wanted a uh, real world HR experience, which, mm-hmm. well, because the consulting firm wasn't a huge one, it wasn't an HR department. So uh, I left the consulting firm and became firmly entrenched in HR. And that is how I found myself in HR. Well, I say how HR chose me, so to speak. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So now we are going to talk. Toying Talks Talent, uh, T3. Um, so how did Toying Talks, Talks Talent start? Because when did it start actually? You know, at this point, when you, you were married already because you were already in HR, did you have children? Yes. How, how did it start? You know, what, 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 what led to it coming up? Okay, so I would say that Toying Talks Talent started, uh, before I tell you what it started actually, it kind of started when I experienced the same restlessness that I was feeling when I was having to life. And, you know, that's what you call, I think, I don't know, made for more. There was a, there was a phrase you yeah. used to describe it mm-hmm. at that point. When mm-hmm. you start to sense that there's more to you than what you're doing. Yeah. At that time, uh, I, I started becoming a little bit, um, I wanted to switch my, change my job. Not because, I, I mean, the, the company was very good to me. I was doing well there. My boss was fantastic. But mm-hmm. I felt like I was limiting myself, that there was more to me. So I thought maybe a new job would be the, the ticket. But it didn't happen as quickly as I would like it to be. And of course, there were always demands on my time, family, marriage, church, etc., etc. And then COVID struck. And we were, as a world, as a whole a whole international community, we, were, we had to press the pause button in our lives mm-hmm. uh, for a bit in the lockdown. And it was while I was on lockdown when I now had time to actually think. That was when it came to my mind, look, you know all these things and you're doing recruitment to get really, really upset, not even upset, irritated, I would say annoyed when young people come and they start, you know, start beha- not misbehaving, like 
just not performing well, not mm-hmm. ill-prepared, you know, mm-hmm. for what they were coming to do. And rather than complain about it, why not do something about it? So it was at that time that I decided that I was going to start doing free um, classes on, you know, CV writing, interview process, um, soft skills training. So I used my COVID at the time while we were on lockdown to start those sort of those, those classes. So I didn't actually. It didn't actually become. Was it Twins of Talent at the time? I, I think so. I think okay. I came up with the name Twins of Talent. I've been praying about it, and that, that name just sort of jumped out into my my mind. So, was it that talking talent with Twins or Twins of Talent? Mm-hmm. And the Twins of Talent sounded more, you know, catchy, catchier. Mm-hmm. So, um, I went with that, and we had our first class. It was the CV writing, the application process in the whole school on the wow. 12th of June, 2020. Wow. That was when it started. And um, we did several classes after that. There was the interview process, and I did some soft skills, public speaking. I was able to use my network to bring in facilitators, business mm-hmm. etiquette. Um, then there was a soft skill for hard times, talking about what sort of skills to focus on during the COVID period and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I had several sessions. And that was when Zoom started becoming a thing. So yeah. we utilized Zoom very, very well at that point. And I think that was when I started gaining some sort of recognition mm. within um, the HR space there, which was rather, well, apart from that, I made a conscious decision because, you know, I told you I wanted to change my job um, mm-hmm. to start networking with people in my, in my space. I knew a couple of names, but I hadn't really met many people. So I okay. took the conscious decision to begin to attend networking events, both paid and unpaid. So mm-hmm. there I would um, deliberately and intentionally meet people, you know, introduce myself, talk to them. And I won't lie to you, sis, the name is a good conversation starter. Once you hear my name, mm-hmm. my surname, exactly. obviously they want to know who is this person. So I'm going to thank my husband again tonight <laughs> for the name. Okay, so it kind of so it helped me out. So while I was doing the networking thing, I was doing the classes, so the two combined sort of opened uh, a platform for me uh, with Tony's okay. Talks Talent, and we started growing from there. So from the classes, we created the T3 network because as the Lord was telling me, are you just going to teach them and then leave them to fumble their way? Why not mm-hmm. coach them? So that's mm-hmm. how we started the T3 network, and we started having coaching sessions and Okay, Tony, one well, second. Well, 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 sort of desperate to have something to do during COVID. So yeah. we had a lot of people that joined the network. Mm-hmm. And oh, sorry, did you want to ask a question? Did I, interrupt I was you? I was I was going to try and ask a question first. So the teaching that you were teaching during the COVID period and you know people were benefiting and they joined the network. What was that free or was that paid? They're all free. Free. Okay. Okay. So when when I don't, you know, I, don't, I, don't I don't collect money. Okay. So when you were saying, when you mentioned that God said, you know, are you just going to teach them and then, you know, leave them to stumble their way and then move? And what about coaching them? So has that coaching started? How did it start? Oh, that started soon after the the classes. So uh, my first class ran on the 12th of July. The Mm -hmm. T3 Network started on the 17th of July. So T3 Network has been in existence since. 17th of July 2020. So I've been coaching them, people since then. So we've had, I mean, I've been coaching people over the years, obviously, but it wasn't in a structured or formal setting. It was more, you know, one on one. People call me, send me messages, we talk. And people, you, you know, you, when you have a heart for something, somehow it will just sort of find you out. So um, so we've been doing that for since 2020. People have come, people have left, people have gotten jobs, people have gotten promotions. People have sort of found where they wanted to be. I mean, there's quite several stories, uh, several testimonies of people who wanted to, uh, a particular career, but they felt where they were, they couldn't switch. And by God's grace, they were able to switch. And now they're thriving. Uh, it's extremely rewarding. I don't I don't get paid for that. You know, when they say that the thing that you could probably look into doing is that thing that you could do without getting paid. This is what I do mm-hmm. without getting paid. And I do it uh, joyfully. Amazing. 
but okay. it, it, it's now become a bit of a movement in my mind because it's, okay. not, it's not just about having a good career now it's about finding a career that fits you finding your career fit mm-hmm. you know uh and that was predicated and i'm going to go a little bit into the spiritual side of things now please do it, it was predicated on the story of the talents right mm-hmm. so the bible story where there was a landowner that had three servants he gave he called them and gave them different talents according to their abilities what the bible mm-hmm. says so mm-hmm. you had a person that had five somebody had two somebody had one and the person with the five the person with the one they, they doubled their, their their profit sort of the added value to their talents right but the person mm-hmm. who had one buried it right and you know so much to extrapolate from that story but i'll just say one or two things so the first thing we we can see is that your talent um they, the person that had five person that had two whether or not you say 10 is more than four they both had a hundred percent returns on what mm-hmm. they were given right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in terms of how productive were the two of them they were both equally productive because they were given according to their several abilities yes. putting it this way uh, a toyota will not perform the same way as a bugatti right they are both yes. designed differently so you can't drive a bugatti the way you drive a toyota and vice versa but mm-hmm. if the toyota is not doing what the bugatti is doing you can't say the, the toyota is an inferior car if the toyota is doing exactly what it is designed to do then whether or not it's performing in your eyes the same way the bugatti is performing that toyota is reproductive it is maximizing its potential Mm-hmm. So that is mm-hmm. where the fit comes in now. If there's a mismatch between your talent, your abilities, and what you're doing as a career, there's always you're always going to live in, beneath your potential, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. do your best. I mean, the more you do something, you'll get skilled at it. That's the way human beings are designed. But when you sit in that place where your talent, your natural abilities, find expression in a career. And you know you you put in the work in terms of professional development. You put in the work in terms of personal, you know, character development. That is where the magic happens, and that mm-hmm. is the message we get through this challenge, where we you find your career fit, mm-hmm. uh, and that, that that's what drives you know the whole thing. So that was the Bible, uh, the scripture that sort of started it, started it all. And of wow. course, you have the one, especially with the one talent that buried it, and that's another different story. But that's Real kind of how it started, yeah. So that's, so that's how someone, Talks So if someone wants to learn more about Towing Talks, where can they, how can they find Towing Talks talent? Where can they find it, you know, to be part of it? Okay, so actually, we actually have a website, so towingtalkstalent.com. Uh, I don't publicize it too much because it's still, we're still doing some work on it, but there's some information that you can get there. Initially, mm-hmm. people would join the network by attending one of our boot camps. So okay. um, you would um, attend a four-week boot camp, and those who wanted to join the network afterwards would be added to the network, and then would continue. But mm-hmm. we're doing a slightly different model this time because, like I mentioned, it's now a bit of a movement. We want okay. to find people to fit in their proper career. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm so much okay. So. There's a portion of the Bible not too popular in the beginning where there was a man called Lamech and he has three sons. The mm-hmm. one was, I think, I don't know, was he Jabal, Jubal, and Tubalkin, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bible talks that say that one was a musician, one was a metal worker, one was a keeper of sheep. And I used yeah. to be very curious, like, how did these people sort of fit into those different careers? And I would mm. imagine, especially at that time, that you just look at the person and you saw what they were naturally inclined to doing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, look at uh, Abel and Cain. Cain and Abel, Cain is the first. Both of them also had um, specific lines of what they were doing. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. it, could, it could be because, you know, it was all the experience at the time. You never know. But it could also be because that was what they were, where they were naturally inclined. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, 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 there, there's, a, there's a connection between something about your natural ability and how how well you prosper or thrive in the career that you've chosen. I mean, you also mm-hmm. mentioned that when you started studying economics, you felt like you were you were home, like there was a connection. Yeah. So there's possibly the talents and abilities that you have that 
sort of tune you in that direction. So I feel, I, I believe that everybody has talent and ability attuned them in specific directions. Obviously, one person is, is not a, it's not a, you're not just a one, one trick pony. I mean, there are people that, you know, they started off as, and they take your athletes, for instance, started off as basketball mm. players and they started owning businesses and started doing other things. So you can yes. always do bare fruit, but there's one core central mm. area that sort of grounds you and then you begin to branch into different things. Mm. You know, as you grow, as you develop, as you gain more knowledge, etc., etc., etc. So we want to grow people, career professionals, young professionals who are from when they're young anyway, who have that sort of mindset that look, there's something in life that I'm purposeful. I don't want to settle for less. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I can, I, I, I do what I need to do um, in the interim, but I've always uh, have before my eyes have focus of getting that place where my natural abilities ease with uh the with my career because that's the that's the point okay. at which things begin to take off here so that's that's what's going to happen so people who attend any of the sessions that we run if they express an interest mm -hmm. to join the network they're happy to join that they're free to join the network it's not paid you enter freely you can also leave freely the important mm. thing is that you leave with value and that's that's what we are we're after so that's what we're going to be doing yeah. from this year amazing amazing so if there's a woman now you know this is the start of a new a new year and i know that a lot of people might be like okay you know what maybe um, like how you felt when you wanted to change jobs you know if someone is in that position now i want to change jobs i want to i have an inclination of what i'd love to do or i would love to do but it, it may mean that i would have to like pivot or change and i feel like i've been in this for too long you know it's too late for me to move what would you tell that person and how and okay, what so, steps would you take? Okay, so um, there isn't just one answer. I know context is very important. Uh, but what I would say, just uh, on the surface of it, is find an expression for that thing you want to do outside of your regular job. So, if for instance, uh, and I'll give an example of a data professional who wants to be an accountant, who feels they have accounting skills. Mm -hmm. um, why not look for volunteering opportunities where you can practice your accounting skills? So you can use your network. What, maybe your church needs an accountant, or your mosque needs an accountant, or you know you have a family friend that has a small firm that could do with it. Use an accountant. Offer your services for free mm. because the better you are at it, the people can begin to recommend you for bigger and better opportunities. Then uh, there was interesting. So this this was an idea that came to me when someone else approached me and said, look, I'm confused. Um, I, 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 I like HR. I also like corporate comms. I don't know which to pick. How do I do it? And I said, okay, why not do this? Why not look if you have, because you both already had an HR qualification. I said, why not look for an HR job in a, 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 a company that's going to maybe marketing communication or corporate communication? Right, mm -hmm. so you'll be entrenched in that environment, and you'll see. I mean, your business will be that, so you'll know whether you actually want to pursue it as a career, or maybe you'll be content with being an HR professional in that space. Equally, the person who is doing HR who wants to be an accountant, maybe shoot for an HR role in an accounting firm. Yeah. So, being yeah. in that environment, you know, you know, understanding that business. If at all you still want to change, at least you will know what it will take to change. And mm. because maybe you know, work there, they trust you, they might actually be your first shot in offering yes. you an accounting intern, an accounting executive role, take you on a few uh, projects, you know, consulting um, uh, 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 jobs in the mm. firm. And that may actually be where you, you start your accounting career from, mm. you know. So that yeah. you really want to have now to get what you want. So if I have an HR certification now and I'm after going for accounts, why not get a used by HR degree to get a job at an accounting firm and then mm -hmm. take it from there, see where it goes. That's also, very... yeah, the people, I mean, another one I have are people who want mm -hmm. to go into HR, you know? And I'm okay. like, okay, why not start from where you are, right? Mm -hmm. Go to HR. Is there a spot here? 
Uh, well, not really, because we want people who are skilled in nature. Okay, no problem. That's fine. Uh, let me know how I can help you. The skills I have now, maybe as a marketing person or as a uh, front desk person or as a, uh, a customer service person, let mm -hmm. me use those skills to solve them in the HR team. So do you want me, I'm a customer service person, front desk, I've been trained in that. Let me talk to your candidate, mm -hmm. right? Good afternoon, my name is Ilua Tony. I represent this person. You've been shortlisted for this particular uh, interview. Um, you will set up dates, communicate, you know, those skills are the front desk person where you, you know, update people on things. Uh, this is Tony, just wanted to let you know that uh, your, your interview has been scheduled, to re rescheduled to this day. We apologize for the inconvenience. You know, you use those skills to get you in, you let, get your leg in. And when they see your enthusiasm, they start giving you more to do. Maybe the next step sitting in on interviews, and then from there you're learning interview skills. Hmm, hmm. And then maybe after a while, you get to start doing some of these things yourself. While on the other side, you're working towards your you know, professional certification to show your level of commitment. You understand? Hmm. And then the next thing you know, and I actually have someone in my network who is in, that, in those shoes right now. The next thing you know, there's an opening in that HR department, and they tell the boss that they want you to join them. Mm -hmm. So you come into HR now and they're getting somebody else to do your old job and that's how you start your career. So there, there are actually ways you can go about it, but you have to be, you know, determined and dogged and don't give in easily when it looks like it's not, it's not, it's not working out the way you want it to be. Oh, wow, wow. I, since I was, I was going to say wow, wow, like five times. I just remember that joke of why are you going wow, wow, like an ambulance. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> wanted to go wow, 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 like five times. I have two more questions, uh, two, just two or three more before we round up. Um, and then this one is so I, there a lot. You are you, your story in terms of like the pivotal part of 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 um, your life in terms of you know how everything changed and is even what is giving rise to what you do today came out from honestly a failure um there are lots mm -hmm. of people that have failed and then they are just stuck you know when you talked about it was the first time in your life that you failed i was laughing because mm -hmm. i was like accident in school and the first time i failed in my life was two things driving tests and <laughs> the second one was i was trying to launch a business with my full-time job and i failed mm -hmm. times and the four times I failed was in two years. And in that same period of two years when I failed my driving test, I was a mess. Like, I felt like, you know how you feel like maybe your mojo has disappeared? Like, whatever used to be your, mm. <laughs> your lucky yeah. charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I see yeah, lots I of people exactly. that. Exactly. I failed and so I can't go back. But honestly, it was at the fifth attempt that, you know, I started my first business with my full-time job that was, that was successful. So in your case, if you met someone now that's, you know, struggling from, oh, I failed here, or I failed here, what would you tell, how, how would you, you know, what would you tell them in terms of how to bounce back after failing? Well, I think a number, a lot of it has to do with, um, well, for me, I'll say something that seems trite, and then I think I'll go into the uh, lived experience part of it. Okay. Um, faith sustains you, right? If you're someone yeah. who's, um, who believes in God and who, who, who is a Christian, or you have this, um, you know that it's not just you, there's mm. someone bigger than you can make it for a purpose. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it helps in bouncing. It helps, in, it helps in getting you to bounce back. But the mm. second thing I would say is that is recognize that failure is part of, is part of life. It's part of success. Mm. Failure is an integral part of success. I, I mean, I'm, I haven't told, told you the half of it. I mean, I've been frustrated with my career for quite a while, and I told you that I thought I hadn't been doing much. And yes. as at that time, I was, I was gearing for, for a comeback. So I had, I had done some professional certifications, another one, um, I'd lost some weight because I, I felt I was, I gained quite a bit after my, my fourth child. Okay. Uh, I lost about 12, almost 12 kilograms in about four months. And then I wanted to reinvent myself to get, and like, you know, because, you know, I was, I, I felt at that point that all I'd done in my life was to have children, really. Mm. I didn't mm. feel I'd had, I'd made much of an impact, you know, in, in life or in anybody's life, really. 
in, in the world, I mean, and everybody wants to lose some sort of legacy. Yes. And I, I just, you know, I just, just, you know, geared up and said, look, I'm going to change. I'm going to do something with myself. I'm going to everything. So I did the weight loss. I did everything. I said, I'm reinventing and everything. And guess what happened? I got pregnant with my fifth child. What? I got pregnant. <laughs> so... You, you know, of course, that that put a hold oh on any, any job I was hunting at the time because, hello, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not a set in stone, but the truth is um, there is some, you, you tend to ask yourself if people will be willing to hire someone who, was preg- who is pregnant, you get what I'm trying to say. Um, and then all the weight I'd lost, mm-hmm. guess what, I gained everything right back <laughs> because of the baby. <laughs> I gave every single bit of it back and more. And so it just, I don't know, right. I, I actually entered into depression at that point because it was like, what was the point? I mean, why? Why oh. the, I'm reinventing myself, I'm getting out there. You know, I I um, I wouldn't call myself old, but I do, I do know that at the age I was at the time, people who are my age had accomplished so much more, you know? Um, mm. I was friends with some of them. I attended school with some of them. I see some of them on a regular basis. And it was like, I thought I was always one step behind. So this was my mm. chance to, you know, shoot into the stratosphere, you know, let them know that I've got something as well and all. And then I get pregnant. So I had to put a hold on all my job switching wow. because, I mean, it was better to, and that was my second pregnancy in like three years. So it was better to stay where they knew me. <laughs> you know, loved me and had compassion for me. That without going to some strange new company where yeah. you know demands were made of me, I had to perform and all that. So yeah. I put a hold on my job switch. Like I said, all the weight I lost, I gained it again. So it was it just looked like my bid for freedom had been like destroyed. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And it, it was not a, a great time in my life. You know. Yeah. But thank mm. God for God. I mean, if not for the Lord, if not for the Lord, I don't know what I would have done. And my husband, my husband was, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He just, he was such a rock for me, you know, at that time. I, I mean, mm-hmm. he was not good. I, it wasn't good. It wasn't a good time. I, thinking back, I realized like, if I, if I bring those things, it wasn't a great time. But it's, I go through it because I had the Lord. I had my husband, a supportive mm-hmm. family, a supportive community. And then there was mm-hmm. this assurance that there was that, that this was part of my story. Yeah. So now I can talk to career women who feel like they haven't done much with themselves mm-hmm. and feel like they, they are that there isn't much they can offer. I can share this story with them and encourage them that look, it's not at the end. What God has done for me in in two years. And plus, I didn't accomplish it in the previous years of my of my yeah. of my working experience. So we're talking about God did in three years what I wasn't able to do in about in about ten plus years. You know. Amazing. So Amazing. there's Amazing. there's there's always the other side because we don't see that. That is why we we, we tend to cling to what we can see. Or mm. you know, like if you let go of what is in your hands, allow the Lord to put into your hand what He has for you. It's always going to be way beyond what you could imagine. So yes, that was that was my that was one of the failure stories. I put it that way. Oh my! That I had. Now to the question that me I've been waiting to ask since. So you are a career woman. You run um, Twin Talks Talent, which has three different parts: the parts to people in terms of you know coaching and building and capability building the parts to organizations for trainings and corporates and all that and then the foundation part, the ngo part which is like the outreach to secondary schools and just catching them young and guiding them right and at the same time you are a wife and you are a mom of five children how do you handle this how do you handle everything i have three i know i know what i'm going through (laughs) so how do you how do you how do you manage it all honestly do you know what i i i can't say that i have the formula but i do have a few ingredients that i know have helped me um i can't 
step away from faith in God because you know when you're on the path that God has asked you to go on, mm-hmm. He He supports you with resources, right? He supports mm-hmm. you with favor. He supports you with open doors. So yes. some of the things that I've I've, I've been blessed with a hugely supportive husband, my cheerleader, hundred percent. Doctor P is thumbs up. I have um, mentors and role models that also, you know, people that God has brought into my ambit that are generous with their advice. And, you know, they even invite me to collaborate on projects with them. So, you know, I'm, I'm also feeling some relevance in that area. Right. And then the support system at home, you know, in terms of the right sort of help, the right sort of structure. Uh, and then, always make sure your family is carried along with what you're doing because if you're doing it outside of them then it will, it will look like an imposition mm-hmm. but if they're doing it doing it with them it becomes our thing right yeah. so for instance for 24 talent um 23 network second anniversary all my children were there okay it's big mm-hmm. one my eldest you know how to travel but my husband was there he was he gave one of the talks my children mm-hmm. came as well. They also have their twenty first anniversary shirts, which are, they are very, very proud of. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's now our thing. It's not just mommy's thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, take, I take my children with me on some of my speaking engagements. You know, so they also see me in action. They see what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's not something they can't identify with or something they can't relate with. Mm-hmm. So because it's our thing, it seems less like this thing that's always taking mommy away. If mommy has yeah. to step away for a few, they understand why because they know exactly what I'm doing. So I think yeah. that's what has been very helpful to me um, in doing all this. Yes, it takes out of me in terms of actual time and of course energy. I also mm-hmm. have a newsletter that I write on LinkedIn, and of course I'll say always say to the glory of God, it's been featured as you know one of the newsletters to explore on LinkedIn about six times now. You know, I have a blog that I write, or to be honest, I haven't done the blog for a while, but I do plan to resuscitate it. If that Mm -hmm. one is more chatty, more story-like, I tend Mm -hmm. to be more dramatic (laughs) in that, you know, in um, the blog. And invite people into, you know, the quirky side of me. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and of course, the network, members of the T3 network, uh, they've got my back any day, very supportive as well. So somehow, even though it does take time, it takes energy, especially with a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it feels effortless exactly, but somehow I get it done. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it doesn't really feel like work mm-hmm. so much. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't feel like a, a burden or a drag. It just seems like part of my life. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Oh, wow. You know, interestingly, when you were talking about the newsletter, I remember that I had stumbled on the newsletter. And the time died, yeah. Yes. And I, I think for me, honestly, that's one thing that when I see people doing, I'm always very proud of them in terms of just that consistency. I you know we we would have a separate talk. You need to touch me with that spirit of consistency <laughs> on writing. You know, I do. Uh, so in your common woman, I do a a, a a letter. Well, not a letter, like a mail every Monday, and then we have now mm. uh, this podcast, which would go out um, to people every Friday, Friday, and with a couple of other things. But I have been thinking about LinkedIn. I share a lot on LinkedIn, but I haven't been consistent. So, what? How? How? How have you been able to be consistent in? In these things as well okay well um it, will i call it discipline because uh, to be honest i think I, I have quite a few uh ways to go in that discipline area but uh i i i tasked myself to be consistent right so um i i have a sketchy sort of schedule where i do my writing so the things I do on social media, uh, the newsletter, um, that goes out every week. It used to be every Tuesday, but that that became a little bit unsustainable. So I mean, flexibility also has to come into it. My target is three mm-hmm. three times per week. So I organize my week in such a way that I'm able to do the three. So I do the new uh, just a Monday 
motivation. Then okay. I do the newsletter. Then I do what I call career Q and A. So I get a lot of questions. Yeah, I've seen that and too. And I attempt to answer those questions. Sometimes I invite guests, so that helps me as well. I also on my my other blog I had guest writers too. So yeah. every collaboration also helps you know to to not only broaden your your audience, it also gives you a little bit of a breather when mm -hmm. you know you need to take a little step away so you invite those to collaborate with you uh please are you write um an article on this subject and then you credit them with the article that you know uh gives you room to refresh mm -hmm. and then uh, let your creativity flow again so you can now create more content but i'd like to say, say that having a schedule is very helpful so usually i do this of my writing on weekends so usually I would have the newsletter ready by Sunday mm -hmm. uh, to post on either Tuesday or Thursday. Um, the Q&A is usually on a Wednesday. I have someone that helps me with the graphic and such. So my job mm -hmm. is to create answers to the questions. And once I send it ahead on time, the graphics are ready for me to post on Wednesdays. Mostly, sometimes mm -hmm. it gets to Friday or Saturday. But so yeah, so I have a bit of a schedule which I attempt to speak to and to the better of God, I've been fairly consistent. Though this year I've been a little low-key, I'm still sort of putting together my my vision for the year, so to speak. But okay. by mm -hmm. next week I think we'll be back um, creating and um, posting content online. So it's yeah. having a schedule, I would say, and um, working hard to fit to it. Once those around you already also know that you have that schedule, they help mm -hmm. you and support you through it as well. Mm. Okay. That's very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. It's it's very helpful for me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tony. It's been awesome talking to you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you talking. so much. It's been awesome speaking with you as well. I'm, I, I, I really admire what you've done. Oh, thank what you. What you're doing as you say. Thank you, thank you, and I'm I'm super excited for the things that you've also done in just two years. Like you know, like it's it's, I I tell people like once you start doing that thing that is your purpose or is in line with your purpose and your calling, it opens us it opens up doors of grace and favor. So people would see you doing oh, yes, those things. Yes, how does. do you? you know but it's just grace you know and then it opens up doors of favors and that's why you have like all people supporting you and you know get you know helping out in this i love when oh, you spoke about, yeah i love when you spoke about in bringing the family in it's a family thing and i remember when we we're mm -hmm. talking about you know, when you said you were doing some when you're doing something your children will ask you is this for t3 and i just remember that my children when they, when i say oh please go and bring my laptop you say which one work or come on with my laptop <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny and when i'm working my daughter will come i'm like mommy are you still working then she'll give me the look like is he on come on woman like okay if it's that one you're allowed to work <laughs> you know yeah but so, it's important to actually to to commit time to them as well so there's yes. some saturdays or some weekends i would I absolutely refuse to do anything related mm -hmm. to people uh, i just nothing it's just me and the children, so we do something yes. together. And one of the things we do to bond is to bake. I mean, yeah. we're not we're not usually great at it, but it's fun <laughs> for us. So we we do some baking, and everybody has some input. In really many cooks, thankfully the broth doesn't spoil. We are able to eat the, our, our production at the end of the day, uh, and it's just a bonding thing that we do. There's also some programs that we enjoy working together. And so I make time to sit with them and watch the program as well. We laugh, you know, so they don't feel like I'm distant from them. Another thing I integrate into my schedule, so rather than use a school bus or have someone walk them, I take them to school myself. So, the, the, yeah, so those, those times in the morning, I'm able to, you know, talk with them, connect with them, we laugh, we talk, we fight, we you know, sometimes we play, but, but, but there's that. Uh, mommy is there, you know, they don't feel mommy's absence you yeah. know, from them. So that also helps. And how do you make time for Dr. P in all this as well? I uh, know, I don't joke with Dr. P. <laughs> I don't joke with Dr. P. <laughs> Dr. P and I, we whisk ourselves away somewhere, we do something together. You know, I met him okay. in school, so we've been together for a really long time, and uh, he's my, you 
know, my party for life. So, so please we can sit down small in the beginning though i have to say in the beginning it was a bit difficult because we all have to get used to the fact that there was something more i was doing and yeah. i tended to get carried away from that direction but mm-hmm. i think we struck a, a bit of a balance now and it's, it's much better yeah i think there's there's such power in communication in marriage because honestly when you start out you're so drawn into it it's like you know this kind this of new life like oh my god you almost honestly forget everything else you know and then you because you've have shared you feel like oh, everybody should understand everybody should understand so communication is really powerful mm-hmm. um yeah. and then you realize that you know what this is a win-win um arrangement like everybody should be happy it's our thing um, I remember exactly. to when I started my, my first business, oh, I, I totally I totally did not understand. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now sit down. And for me, I'm very practical. Like, so I had to sit down and plan out my time. Like, okay, I need mm-hmm. to make time for Dr. Chooks, um, XYZ time, XYZ days. So whatever work I need to do at night, maybe the night before I would work more so that that evening that is our time out you know and everything i would have less work so i'm not under pressure i'm not cranky i don't feel like oh i have things that are waiting you know that are important you know i would have sorted all those things out but it came from a place of communication just him and i talking and nobody taking offense you know so that's yeah. really really because really... he also wants to see you fulfilled exactly. in that in that area exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly exactly but like the bible says you know what would it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your soul what would it that profit is it. That is man? It. you know you grow so much you impact so much lives and then at home you're not happy people are not happy exactly. you have nothing so that's not that's not the objective that's not the goal the goal is to win at home and win in the fields and be happy exactly. while you're doing those things oh Tony, it's mm-hmm. been an amazing awesome pleasure you know i didn't study communication and language arts so i'm looking for the right <laughs> word it's been fantabulous happen having you it's been awesome. it's been oh my god i don't know which other english to speak thank you so so much thank you so so much um we I, definitely... i'm really i really appreciate the opportunity as well uh when i read uh what you're after especially mm-hmm. when it comes to uh fulfilling your purpose in god I mean, mm-hmm. I was sold on that because the truth is, let, let me just, I think, maybe if I was going to give any passing words, it could be, it could be this. Yeah. Now, as a career coach, I know that there, there are things that you can do that work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll probably gain the traction you want to gain in your career and all that. Mm-hmm. But the best, the, the, the best surefire way is to let God guide you in your career choices. Mm. right i can tell you two specific instances where god was instrumental in getting the job for me the first mm. one was like my first um corporate hr role at that time i was just i just you know i was i'd fall into the trap of any job i just wanted to get out of that place because mm-hmm. you know, i wanted more i wanted i wanted more but god told me to stop applying for any job apart from hr job because that was what i, what I wanted and I said, mm. oh God, I have this customer service skills. He said, no, just HR. Mm. So I started applying for strictly HR jobs. And that was how I got the job that I wanted in HR. Wow. Second time around, when I wanted to leave my place of work and switch job, the instruction was different. It was, don't apply to any job. Mm. I said, God, how am I going to get a job if I don't apply? He said, don't apply. So I stopped applying. I didn't apply to any job. And every day I didn't apply. I'd feel that thing. It's like, God, God, God. I, <laughs> I surrender to him. Do you know that the job that I got at that point, I didn't even speak to anyone. It was someone else that spoke to them on my behalf and said, I think Tony will be right for this job. Wow. And then I get a phone call and they're like, this is, this is what we're looking at. And we be interested in interview for this person. Yes, wow. thank you very much. I was very polite, but of course, inside you, fire was a black thing inside me that I was very cool and you know, calm on the outside. And you know, I got the job, and I can't tell you how what that has done for my career and how that has given the exposure it has given me. 
you know so that is the ideal letting god guide your career choices yes we're not all as you know into god as some other people uh we, we just thank god we, we do it in our own power and then we thank god for it anyway mm. and you know god in his mercy see there are some certain things he allows but once you give it all to him and say you know what god it's all on you all in, i give it everything to you you just have your way in me i can't tell you how phenomenally rewarding that is and it just sets you up for a much bigger place that you ever have imagined so that would be what i'd say allow thank god to be the one to tell you what to do as far as your career is concerned thank you wow. so much again for having me thank you thank you so much Toy. thank you so much it's been awesome thank Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Woman podcast. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. If you have any questions at all in becoming an Uncommon Woman, please do share with me and I'll be happy to talk about it in subsequent podcast episodes. What if I could show you the simple yet powerful secrets of the world's greatest Uncommon Woman? For free, would you be interested? Then do go to bit.ly slash U-W-S-K-I-T to get your own copy today. You would also get the first chapter of the Uncommon Woman book for free. So that is bit.ly, B-I-T.ly forward slash U-W-S-K-I-T, all in caps lock. So caps U, caps W, caps S, caps K, caps i caps t so go there and then you can download your own for free